Cherish, that is Elder Dan Buckles. He is the smartest of all the elders. His IQ is just kind of crazy. He's like Yoda smart, you know what I mean? Like we're in meetings and he's talking about stuff and we just pray. I mean, we don't know what to do with him. He's just like that. He really is. Um, and he's also, he's got that rare combination of all this is working at a, at a very high rate. But he's also just got a huge heart for the Lord. I mean, he just really does. Um, he's, he just seeks Jesus like crazy. And he also plays a huge role in our movement with Compassion International. He personally uh, sponsors two LDP kids, Leadership Development Program kids, and, uh, and just is working at high levels with Compassion to not just help the poor one-on-one, but also just change the economic constructs of the places that they live in so that he can attack generational poverty. Like I said, Yoda smart, all right? And so, um, Dan Buckles, we're honored to, to have him as an elder at the Church of 1122. If you've got your Bibles, go Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, we're going to begin in verse 33, and today's a big day for us. Today is our Compassion Sunday, and uh, sometimes it's low attendance Sunday, but we look like we're doing pretty good, so I want to let you know that uh, we do have a 522 service every Sunday at 522. We'd love for hundreds of you to start migrating that way, because oftentimes on regular Sundays we run out of seats in here, but today is Compassion Sunday. Um, It's a big Sunday for us. It's a part of what marks us as a movement. Um, a lot of churches are known for lots of different things and, you know, great worship bands and, and great preaching and all that. That's fine. But, but what I'm so proud of is that we're known as a compassion church. And so this is a part of what we do and who we are. And so every year, as long as I have breath in me, um, I will stand up here and preach. And um, my breath isn't so great today. I, I had a kind of a high fever yesterday, but uh, I didn't want to miss today. So here I am. Um, did chug a little NyQuil before coming up. So... I, you know, according to the uh, description, I'm pretty sure it's just Jack Daniels and food coloring, I think. (laughs) So I chased it with a monster because I didn't want to be tired. So here we go. That's what we've got working for us. Uh, Also, I did want to let you know that uh, kind of the the vibe of Compassion Sundays from now on, I hope, will, will kind of be a little different. When we first started this off, when we were just a service and we weren't a church yet, and, and, and folks didn't know what compassion was, what we would do, I remember our second year we, we existed as a service, we handed a compassion packet to every person as they came in the door, and then I lined the back of the sanctuary with trash cans and said, okay, you can either sponsor a kid or you can throw that kid in the trash can. And people got mad, were crying, I was like, I hope you cry, all right? Jesus said, you'll go to hell. I'm just saying, throw them in the trash can, what? All right, that's kind of was my attitude, which I like preaching that way, I like preaching angry. Um, <clears throat> But that day, you sponsored 800 children, so you did well. Uh, and really, because of really because of you, because of the overwhelming response of the Church of 1122, now we kind of shift gears, and and I just got to give you an opportunity to sponsor your kid this year because last year at this time when we were doing Compassion Sunday, from then to now, our church has grown by about 2,000 people. And so I know that there's a couple thousand of you, and you just hadn't had your chance yet. You hadn't had your opportunity to sponsor your kid yet. So we're going to try to do this in a guilt-free way. I might drift into the guilt because it's kind of my vibe, but, um, but I do have an agenda. The agenda is this. We are going to sponsor about 1,000 kids today, or at least I hope to. We've got 1,000 packets. And so we've got tables all around the worship center, and we have lamps on them, and the lights are up just a little bit, even more so than normal. Because at any time during the service, if you think, okay, I don't, I don't need to hear any more sermon, I'm ready to sponsor my kid, then you just get up right from where you are and you can go straight to the table and you can start filling out your, your 
uh, packet, and you can sponsor your kid. And then, if you don't want to stay for the rest of it, you can just go home. I mean, you can go on to the restaurant, be first in line, and, and you're like, sweet, I went to church. The pastor said I could leave halfway through, so I'm giving you permission, okay? It counts. So all the Catholics are going to be first in line. I know it. <clears throat> so you can do that. You can just go at any point during the service, you know? And, and, and if you disrupt the service, it's the point of what we're doing. So it's not a disruption. It's, it's going to be awesome. So at any point, you go to any of the tables. Um, also, we're going to need to raise some money. We sponsor a child survival program, a CSP, in, in uh, Rikunjiri, Uganda. And it's for kids that are zero to three years old, okay? So moms are with child, and, and uh, a packet kid is about three or four years old and up. And what Compassion was figuring out is many of the children weren't even making it to three. So they started child survival programs, and we as a church sponsor one in the western part of Uganda. And we just had a team go and visit them and, and be with our kids there. And so we need to raise at least $25,000 every year to support that for the year. And so you can give um, at the kiosk back here. We have, a, if you want to give electronically, we put a compassion button there. Just hit that button and follow the directions. Or if you want to write a check, you can take the envelope out in front of you, put a check in it, and just write compassion on the envelope, and we'll do that. And uh, the first $25,000 goes to support the CSP, Child Survival Program, and then everything over and above that, we will sponsor LDP Kids, Leadership Development Program. I know there's a lot of acronyms in Compassion, but LDP, they're the kids that once they graduate from the projects, like from, from high school, then <clears throat> the best of the best of the best that, that, that show leadership qualities and, and they've excelled academically, then they get to be a part of the Leadership Development Program and get to go to college um, and for their entire college degree, costs about $14,000. So I don't know how Compassion does it. They've got the bread, the, the fishes and loaves things down, right? They take $38 a month to feed, clothe, educate a kid, or fourteen grand for an entire uh, college education. That turns out to be about $350 a month. And so what we'll do this year, um, all of our LDP kids that our church has sponsored graduated, and so we need to kind of do, keep that going and replace that and do that again. And so we'll sponsor kids individually. Some of you in this room probably need to just sponsor an LDP kid on your own. Dan Buckles, the guy that the elder we just showed, he sponsors two LDP kids on his own, and then and then also our CSP. So that's that's what we want to do. We're in this series, the the final um, part of this four part series called Rescued from an Ordinary Life, and the the first three weeks were about you being rescued. And the ordinary life in our culture is that, you know, kind of white picket fence, uh, HOA, that kind of just get caught up in the normality of life. And if you're not careful, you can get on that merry-go-round of normality, and it's not that merry. And what we've been talking about for three weeks is hopping off that and hopping into this great adventure that is to live like Christ created you to live. And so the first three weeks were about you being rescued. That's what we talked about the first week. The second week, we talked about how do, you, how do you set your family on course so that you can rescue your family from the ordinary life. And then last week, what role does the church play in cultivating the kind of environment and serving you that you wouldn't live that ordinary life? Well, today, to be rescued from an ordinary life has a bit of a different angle. You see, today, I'm talking about you can be the rescuer, that you could rescue somebody from an ordinary life because ordinary for a huge portion of our world means poverty. Did you know that about a billion people live on less than $1 a day? A billion people in our world live on less than $1 a day. Two billion people in our world 
live on less than $2 a day. And most of us, we spend more than that on our pets for like pet food and stuff. 30,000 kids today will die of starvation or preventable disease. I mean, things that if you and I got, we would just run to Walgreens and get some medicine. And their kids all around the world, about 30,000 today, will not make it from things like malaria and diarrhea. And then, and then we come into church and we can do something about it. Did you realize that if you make $32,000 a year, combined household income, $32,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of richest people in the world. That's crazy. See, you didn't know you were rich, did you? Look, you're like, well, dang, baby, I told you we was doing good. Look, I'm rich. $32,000 a year, man, you're knocking it down. That you're in the top 1% of richest people in the world. And Jesus has a lot to say about rich people. It's, it's kind of tough. But when we read rich people in the Bible, we never think he's talking to us. Jesus said it's hard to get to heaven from Jacksonville. All right, he didn't say it exactly that way, but he said it's hard for rich people to get into heaven. He said it's easier to, 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 for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. For those of you smokers, when you get home tonight, take your camel and try to get it through a needle. We won't go. It takes a miracle. And so, so what we're going to do every single year, as long as I get to be the lead pastor here, <clears throat> and is, is that there are these needs in this world, and then we have the ability to meet the needs, and we're going to do something about it. And one of the things that I always think about is when I go and I visited the Compassion Projects, and I see moms and dads that are just doing the best that they can do. They're, they're working as hard as they can work, but just whatever, whatever place they live in, it just does not provide the kind of living that the place where we live provides. And so even though they are working hard, they just can't figure out how to feed, clothe, educate their children. I imagine if I was in that situation, if I went out every day and worked as hard as I could and came home and there's JP and Reagan and I just couldn't figure out how to feed them both. But I knew a guy. I knew a guy that was going to stand in front of a group of people, the large majority of whom were in the top 1% of wealthiest people in the entire world. I would beg, plead, cry. I would say, listen, dude, do whatever it takes to get my kids sponsored, please. And so that's what... That's what this Sunday is all about. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Acts 20, beginning in verse 33. Acts 20, 33. <clears throat> Paul says this. Remember, he's talking to, the, he's talking to the, uh, the elders at the church of Ephesus. And he says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. So Paul's saying, I didn't get into ministry to leverage my ministry for my own benefit so I could make bank off of it. Um, there are some... Some folks that do that today, and Paul's saying, that wasn't me. That he didn't covet anybody else's stuff. You see, in other places, Paul says things like, I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. And see, it's not really a secret. The secret is Jesus. When you have Jesus, you understand that Jesus is more than enough. So regardless of your situation, that you've learned the secret of being content. One of the things um, that you've experienced, if you've ever been on a mission trip with us, and we take you into someone's home, and it's not even much of a home. It's dirt floor and mud walls, and it'll be like a mom and maybe a dad and some kids, and they got nothing but Jesus, and yet somehow... I found myself strangely jealous of the Christ-centered joy that these people have, even though as far as the earth is concerned, they've got nothing, but they know that Jesus is more than enough. I mean, we see it over and over and over when we go and visit our CSP, our Child Survival Program. There's just a little family that can barely scrape enough 
food together to eat, but they've got Jesus and they've learned the secret of being content in every situation. And so Paul says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel, verse 34. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. And in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, I'm going to stop in the middle of the verse, because here's the deal. Paul said, hey, these hands have been hardworking hands. And I have done whatever it takes. I worked hard to take care of myself and to take care of everyone around me. And I would say to you, if you are in the top 1% of wealthiest people in the world, then first and foremost, you've got to give God credit. I mean, you had nothing to do with being born into the family you were born into, nothing to do with having the educational opportunities that you have. Um, you had very little to do with, with the brain that God gave you, etc. God gave you that, so he deserves all the glory. But I will say, you probably worked hard. I mean, you probably worked hard. This is not a sermon that we, about we should all be poor. No, absolutely not. That if you are wealthy, and it's probably because you worked hard, because you put in your hours, because you studied hard, because everybody else is cocking in and you're staying longer, because you worked hard. And if you're a Christian, you should be the hardest working group of people anywhere. That when people are trying to hire people, even if your boss is a pagan, He ought to look at your application and say, well, I don't believe this crazy stuff this guy believes, but I'm hiring these people because these people work hard. They're the hardest working group of people around. And listen, 1122ers, you better be the hardest working group of people in Jacksonville. Students, you ought to be the hardest working students in Jacksonville if you call yourselves a Christian because you're not working for your teacher. You're not working for your boss. You're working for the Lord. And if he's given you an opportunity to work, you better work hard with these hands. And then if you get blessed because of it, if, if, I mean, if, if God just sends some blessing, financial blessing your way, you don't have to apologize that. Praise God. I hope you work hard and I hope you get paid. You never apologize for how much you make. You might have to repent for what you spend it on, but that's a different deal. But that, that we're not supposed to be broke. We're supposed to work hard. But there's a so that. See, the problem is, the thing I would hope doesn't happen to you is you work hard, you get financial blessing, and you find that that's an end in and of itself. Now, that's the danger. Look, you never apologize for being rich. Praise God you're rich. Work hard, be rich. And then just richly bless others because God has richly blessed you. That's the only difference. See, that's what Paul is saying here. He says, in all things... I have shown you that by working hard in this way, here's what you're supposed to do. We must help the weak. That we must help the weak. So if you're a Christian and you see people that are weak or in need and you have the ability to help, then we must help the weak. Why? Because God will love you more if you do? Absolutely not. The reason that we help the weak when we can, it's a gospel response. The reason we help the weak is because we were weak and God helped us. That's why. Did you deserve for God to help you when you were weak, when you were without Christ? No. That's the answer. No. I'll give it to you in Spanish. No. All right? (laughs) Bilingual preacher. Here we go. But that's what Christ did for us even when we didn't deserve it. When we were weak and helpless and hopeless and could do nothing for ourselves, Christ, who is rich, who has everything, steps out of heaven onto earth and goes to a cross to do whatever it takes. Did Jesus work hard with his hands? You think he stretched them out and they drove nails through him on our behalf. And out of response for that, that's what worship is. Worship is our response to God for who he is and what he's done. 
And so when you, when you sponsor a compassion child, when you see a need and you were able to meet it out of compassion for what Christ has done for you, it's worship. It's a response to God for who he is and what he has done for us. And so Paul's talking to the Christians here, and he says, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. If you can understand that financial principle from Jesus, it changes everything. If you begin to understand that all the things that we think we own, we're not owning them. At best, we're renting them. You know, you get them for 40, 60, 80 years, and then they stay here, and you go somewhere else, all right? So they're not really yours. And when you begin to understand that, when you really begin to get that, then the handles by which the world grabs onto you begin to fall off, and the world's got nothing to hang on to you. When you begin to, wow, God has, begin to understand that God has blessed me with these resources not to all be spent on me. And I'm not saying, man, do some fun stuff, okay? Get you some shiny things. Do some fun stuff. That's cool. But there needs to be a big part of what you're doing that you begin to understand that it's more blessed to give than to receive. That I don't want to be a cul-de-sac of God's blessing. I want to be a conduit of God's blessing. That if you begin to, to see the way God sees, it will reshape the way you do stewardship altogether. It'll just, it'll just begin to shift in you what brings you pleasure. And so one of the biggest reasons I want you to sponsor kids today is for your own benefit. Because I believe what Jesus said is true. I believe that your $38 a month is better spent for you by sponsoring a kid than getting you something else for $38 a month. Now, I not only believe this individually, I believe it corporately. That I've got a bunch of bunch of guys speaking into my life about how to lead this church, you know, especially growing and all the things that are going on. And I've got a bunch of them leaning in right now saying, hey, you might want to hold off on the compassion stuff this week, right? Because aren't y'all in the middle of the restore project? And I go, yeah, and things are going really great. In fact, next week, I'll talk to you about the progress and how just sort of all of a sudden out of last week, the blessings just beginning to come in and, and, and pledges are coming in. And I mean, it's just going really, really well. And, and, and so, again, I had church leaders say to me, hey, uh, I wouldn't make a big deal about the compassion stuff if you're trying to build out your facility back there. And I go, well, yeah, the problem with that, though, is we just read the Bible and do what it says. And so this is where we are in Acts chapter 20. And Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so we believe that corporately as a church, too. So right now in compassion world, we take about all of us together, all the kids we sponsor, more than half a million dollars a year goes out away from the church of 1122. Why? It's because, look, man, we're just about what Jesus is about. Man, we believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so I want you to sponsor a kid for you so that you, when you get that letter, you'll begin to understand exactly what Jesus is talking about here. And he goes on to say this in verse 36. He says, and when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all and there was much weeping on the part of all and they embraced Paul and they kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word that he had spoken that they would not see his face again and they accompanied him to the ship. You see, one of the things about the apostle Paul and his ministry is that, that the church wasn't just a project, that these were people that he had relationships with. One of the things I love about Compassion International is you're not just giving to a faceless organization, but what Compassion does is they match up one sponsor with one child. And that, and that you get to build a relationship with that kid. You get to send them letters, and they send you letters. And if you go on one of the mission trips to one of the places where your kid's from, you can actually meet your kid. 
And when I read this part about there was much weeping on the part of all, it reminded me of the first time that we went to Uganda um, and, and, and met a bunch of our compassion kids. And so we, we took this, this one guy that was on our team. He's a, he's a like high-level serve staff guy here named Casey Quiniff. And, uh, and we were being introduced to our children. And they, they kind of line up the compassion kids on one side and the sponsors are on the other side. And this is a big day for the compassion kids. Many of them have never ridden in a bus before. We took them to a swimming pool. All right, my kid almost drowned one time. But, but you know, it's like a big play day. It's like going to Disney or whatever, all right? It's a big deal. And so they, they call out your kid and they call out the sponsor. Well, they call out this one kid and he kind of comes running to the middle. And then Casey Quinniff, he's the sponsor and he comes walking out and he sees he sees some letters in that kid's hand. The kid's bringing some, one of the letters that Casey had written him. And Casey, just like the Bible says, he fell to his knees and there was much weeping. Not on the part of us all. We were just watching, but Casey was weeping. And he didn't, he didn't cry well either. He, he was, he was, it wasn't that stud, one tear cry, bing, you know, like he's awesome and loves Jesus. It was like a, a convulsion, suck your lip in, crying like a seventh grade girl watching the notebook kind of cry, right? He was crying so hard that his compassion kid felt awkward for him. The the compassion kid looks back at the project director like, "Uh, mine's broken, it's got a leak, and I can't get it to stop, okay? And so so the thing is about compassion is is, um, it's not like giving to a nameless, faceless organization, but, but they actually match you up with individual children, that you'll get to know them, you'll get to know their family, you'll get to hear their story, you'll get to watch them grow up. This is a part that compassion has um, helped me understand, that you'll actually get to play a discipleship role in that kid's life. Like when you're writing a letter and you just say things like, um, what's your favorite Bible verse? What are you learning in church today? As they get a little bit older, you ask them, what are you going to do to impact the kingdom of God? You see, Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples to the very ends of the earth, all over the world. Did you know that through Compassion International, you can do that? That you could make a disciple and a kid that lives in Brazil or Uganda or Ecuador or El Salvador, all over the earth. It's a big deal. And so what I want to really focus in on this time is, is what Jesus said. When Paul's quoting Jesus and he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I want to talk about some of the blessings that I have received by being a compassion sponsor. Because um, here's what I know, is that you're going to spend money on stuff this year. And, and again, spend it. You should go out to eat dinner. You should eat good food. You should go on vacations. You should buy you some stuff, right? Get clothes that you think you look good in. All right, all of that. Yeah, get, do that. But the deal is, is on this, even this money that you're going to spend on stuff, let's just be honest. In a few years, you're not even going to remember it. You will. You'll be going, now, where did we go on that vacation? You won't be able to remember. That's okay. And you won't be able to remember all the dinners that you went out to. I mean, you know what's going to happen. You're going to go to Chili's. And you're going to order. And then after you eat at Chili's, you know what you're going to do when, when your Chili's meal is over? You're going to go, ugh. I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right? And you're going to spend for, at Chili's about what it costs to feed, educate, clothe, and share the gospel with a child. That's about, it's about the same amount of money. But you know what I've never seen happen? 
I've never once heard of any person at the Church of 1122 receiving a letter from their kid and reading through it and going, oh man, I could have had chilies. Never! It's a part of what Jesus means when he says it's more blessed to give than to receive. You see, God created you for his glory, but also for your joy. That when you begin to live this life the way your creator created you to live, which means not spend all that he gave you on you, you'll begin to experience a joy at a deeper level than this world experiences. And when you begin to do that, I'm telling you, it just transforms something in you. It'll begin to change your outlook on everything. And so I want you to consider sponsoring a kid for your own sake, for your own joy, for the benefit that you personally will receive. Because I'll tell you this, I'm the most blessed man in the room. I am the most blessed man in the room. And a part of it is because I have figured out that you want to live the blessed life, then you don't live your life for yourself, but you pour yourself out for others and then watch what happens. You can't outgive God. That's not just financially, but emotionally and relationally in all aspects of your life. You begin to pour yourself out for other people and you watch what God does in your life. And I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but you want what I've got. I mean, you really do. And it's not more money because most of you in this room have more money than I do, but you don't have more joy than me. And you know why? It's because I got Jesus. And when you got Jesus and you start doing the things that Jesus did and living the way that he tells you to live, it just works out better. Because the creator tells his creation how to live. And so right now in my house, um, we have seven sponsored kids. All right, We sponsor seven. My goal was to have four. That, that was my goal. My goal was just to, we were going to sponsor a kid for every person in our family. All right? And so every time you have a baby, he just gets you a new kid. It makes it kind of easy. But then as I keep talking about it, I just, you know, we just get a few more and a few more. Especially when we think about $38 a month. I mean, what do I spend $38 a month on? I spend it on just junk sometimes. Like HBO. We have HBO. I can't even watch it because everything's dirty. But oh, can't watch that. Can't watch that. Can't watch that. Here's $38 a month. Thanks. All right? It's a terrible deal. So we have seven kids right now. We've got, we got one in Ecuador uh, named Alvaro. We call him Blue Boots. He started the whole thing off. I'll tell you about that in a little while. We had one in El Salvador. He just graduated. Um, we called him Comcast. I'll tell you about that in a little while, too. We, uh, we have two in Uganda. We used to have three, but one of them graduated, and, and she just got married, and she's got the same birthday as Reagan. We've got two in Brazil. We've got one in Indonesia and one in Kenya. Now, I want you to to receive the same kind of blessing that I have received. Um, I'm going to tell you about a few of my compassion blessings. You, you guys know that we planted a church in Brazil this year, right? It's kind of awesome. Well, a year and a half ago or so, um, a guy in our church, he grew up in Brazil, and he just was bugging us to death. Hey, we need to go to Brazil. We need to go to Brazil. So a lot of things lined up for us to do, uh, do some ministry in Brazil. So a year and a half ago, two years ago, we took a we took a team to Brazil to check everything out to see if that's where God was calling us to do some stuff. And so it turns out there's just this incredible need. There's this place called Cadeau, Brazil. It's the voodoo capital of South America. There's like 100,000 people there. There's less than a dozen evangelical churches for 1,000 people. So it's, it's basically an unreached people in Brazil. And so we wanted to go and plant a church there. Well, as we were figuring out where we'd plant a church with Compassion International, um, one of the things that they saw us that just wrecked us all was the city dump. They take us to the city dump, and this past year when we took a missions team into the city dump, I taught 
from there. Here's a picture of it. And what I'm teaching our people is uh, when Jesus taught on hell, the Aramaic word that he would use is Gehenna, which literally is translated, our, our English translations of the Bible translated hell or Hades, but literally it's translated city dump. And the reason that Jesus was teaching on hell as the city dump is because he wanted the people to be able to mentally grasp exactly what a Christless eternity would be like. And so the stench is just unbelievable. There's an eternal fire because the trash is just always burning. Um, There were hounds of hell or gnashing of teeth. Dogs are there fighting over scraps. And and then then probably the, the hardest part to deal with were the vultures because there were children that were in the dump collecting food, and they would literally shoo the vultures away to try to get to the food because the vultures would show you where the, the best stuff was. And so literally, we, we would see families that were putting rotten fruit in bags and things, okay? It's called the city dump. And so just around the corner from there is where one of our compassion projects is. And, and now the people, they don't call it the city dump because they're people. Everybody knows what a dump is. They call it the mall. So literally in that town, when they say they're going to the mall, they're going to the city dump to dig in the trash for food for their children. And then there's a compassion project right around the corner where there's about 300 children that are sponsored that get clothes, food, and education, and they don't have to go to the dump. Now, as we were going into this project a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, um, Peter Abiermana, our dear friend, he works for Compassion. He used to be a Compassion kid, and now he works for the organization. He said, I've got two unsponsored kids in this project who wants them. And so Carrie Williams and I each grabbed one, and, and we were going to sponsor a kid. And so we walk into that project. <clears throat> and I don't know if you've ever been on a mission trip with Carrie Williams. I hope you get to go. She's like the toddler whisperer, all right? She walks into the room, plays her flute. They all line up behind her, and it's just like bubbles, stickers, and balloons, and everybody has a good time. I go in, and I'm trying out kids for second base for my Little League team. You know, I mean, it's just a little bit of a different experience. So she walks in. She meets her girl. They hug. They high-five. They're taking iPhone selfies, posting on Facebook. Everybody's playing. I walk in and meet my girl named Shyla, and she ain't having it. She's, um, she's sitting in the corner just watching. And so we've got a picture of her from a, a last year. That's her. And um, the guy sitting next to her is the pastor it's the pastor of her project, and he's also the pastor that we partnered with to plant our church. And so Shiloh was, has been sexually and physically abused. Her mother tried to self-abort her, um, but she, her mother failed. Her mother lives in that city, and, and so Shiloh knows who she is, but her mom won't allow her to call her mom, so her grandmother has taken over. And the only, way, the only reason Shiloh is not in sex slave industry is because she's a... Uh, compassion-sponsored kid. And so that's the kid I sponsored. So when I walked in after hearing a little bit of that, I go, okay, I get it. I understand, you know, strange guy comes in. She just did not want to have any part of this. And so that's the community where we planted a church just on the other side of that town. That that pastor had raised up another pastor, and we're planting a church with Compassion International. And the church plant that we planted, you remember we showed pictures of it. We were all excited when we got back this year in Cadeau, Brazil. It's starting out as a Compassion Project. So we've got hundreds of kids at the tables all around here that are from our own project. And in fact, here's a priority kid from Brazil. It means he's been waiting for eight months. Um, and, and his name is Fernando Martins. So he's probably my cousin. See right there, Martins. Probably my cousin. And so if you go on a Brazil mission trip with us, you could meet this kid right here, little Martins. Looks like a fullback. 
And so who wants to sponsor Martins right now? That you can sponsor him right now. If you don't tell me, I'll tell you. Who wants to sponsor him? Anybody? All right, come on up here and get him. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much. <clears throat> so we go back this year and we plant our church. Right? And it was awesome. We had this service and 250 people were there. We'd go visit the dump again. I teach our people. One of our, own, uh, one of our own people here at the Church of 1122 who was fluent in Portuguese shares the gospel in the dump. And about a half a dozen people received Jesus. And then we go back to the project that we were at last year to meet our kids and, and work with those folks again. And so my expectations going in to meet C. Shyla for the second time were very, very low. Again, remember, she's been sexually and physically abused by men in that city. And so I'm just thinking, you know, I'll just sponsor her and write her letters and that kind of thing. And maybe as she grows up, we could have a relationship. But, but I, my expectations are very, very low. But she's been in Compassion International Project for a year now. So she's had, she's had people in her life just loving her and pouring into her and, and feeding her and clothing her and giving her the gospel and education. And so this year when I walked in, Shiloh comes running up to me, and this is what she looks like. Amen? <clears throat> now, now, who's the blessed one? She's not the same person. I'm telling you, she could not socially function last year, and now we just play Frisbee for an hour. And she's, she's not the same person. For $38 a month, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, I can't tell you what I would pay to have that experience a hundred more times. Way better than any, any kind of entertainment I've ever been to. Just, I mean, just for me, what God did in that moment in my own life. And so for the rest of the week, we walked around and held hands and, and talked and sat in my lap and we just high-fived and showed pictures of our children and all those kinds of things. So I want you to have that kind of experience. Another, another way that we've been blessed like crazy is we, as a church, sponsor four leadership development program kids. These are college students, college students. And so what we'll do, as I mentioned before, is we, we need to take up a big offering for Compassion. The first 25000 goes towards the child um, survival program, and then everything over and above that will sponsor more LDP kids. Well, we just, got, we just sent a, a missions team to Uganda, <clears throat> and one of the things that our Ugandan missions team did is they went to the graduation of our LDP kids. You see, these LDP kids, they don't have mamas and daddies to show up to their graduation. So guess who showed up? Their mamas and daddies. Us. Us. This summer, Sally Wilbur, who is a rock star serve staff here at the Church of 1122, and she's also a committed volunteer with Compassion International. Um, she was with our missionaries at a core refuge, and she spent a bunch of time with, um, with our LDPs at Compassion. And so she took some video of our LDPs that wanted to share some stuff with us just to say thank you. And, and the reason I want to show you this is because I want you to hear like what Paul was saying. Paul said that they got down on the, on, they knelt down and they prayed together and they wept together. And I want you to hear what these LDP kids feel about us. And one of the things you need to know, um, there's two girls two of our LDPs that don't have dads. And so they prayed for family. They've been praying for family and God sent us into their lives through Compassion International. And so they will refer to us as their dads. They'll refer to me as their dad. 
And one of the things that they know is when these two girls get married that I'll be in Uganda walking them down the aisle and giving them away because that's what dads do. And so take just a minute and watch this video of our LDP kids. When I go back to my project, it's like... It means the world to me because uh, these are the projects. This is where I grew up from. This is where I grew up. The projects looking after me. So, like, I feel so emotional helping those kids, looking at where I came from. I feel so privileged going back to my projects, uh, serving the children, uh, those kids that are as small as I was some time back. It gives me joy in my heart. When I look at the kids, I actually throw back to where I was when I was a kid. Giving back to the project is something so good because it is an opportunity to share your lifelong experiences with the little ones. It's so, so, so nice to go back to our project because it started off from there. When we go back, those kids really feel so, so good. It's like a blessing to give back to them. It has, first of all, it has been a great opportunity for me. It has brought in the, the, the leadership part of my life that I didn't know, that I had. Being on LDP it has brought up something in me. It has brought up the, the, the skill of being a leader and being a, a, a very, very good person. It has brought up that part of my life that I didn't know. Uh, it's not easy, I know. And sometimes I'm like, why me? because uh, there are very, very, very many people there that, that want, wanted to be sponsored, but I don't know why you chose to sponsor me. I don't think as the best kid, but <laughs> I feel so privileged. It takes dedication. You need to be devoted. If you're not ready, you can't actually manage. It's a training program. They train you different materially that you've trained you different stuff in a way of making you the best among the best. Some people are to do with good benefit, but if you really know what you want, that just can't go by. Our DP has trained us to be leaders of tomorrow, to give you the integrity, to cherish family, every aspect of life. I love, I love so much the Church of Living 22 members. They're like, they're my best friends in the world and I feel so honored to be part, like, when I'm here in Uganda, but every time I, I feel like I'm part of the Church of Living 22, I feel like I'm their daughter, I feel like I'm their sister. 1122, this is a family. Because every time I think about them, I really think about the family. I think about the friends. I think about the brothers, the sisters, the fathers. I really love these people. The Church of 1122, uh, it's, I think it's, it's one of the best things that have ever happened to me. Uh, my daddy, I love Joby, my daddy. I feel like I have the best dad in the whole world. The Church of 1122 is like my home, it's my family. Joby is my dad. I appreciate that and I thank God so, so, so much for him. I call them friends. Some of them are my dad, some of them are my mom, some of them are my pastors, some of them are my brothers. I 
I feel close, like I'm close to them. They have showed me love that I've never experienced. I would take this opportunity to say thank you, thank you. You mean the world to us. You mean each and everything to us. Amen. See, you didn't even know that you were the best thing that ever happened to Asher's life, did you? You didn't even know. And if you're part of this family, then they are a part of our family. And they've all graduated now. They all graduated from college. They all have degrees. I mean, the future is bright. From these little kids, and when I meet them, if if you've ever met them, it's hard to even get your mind around these just such well-put-together, well-spoken, smart, intelligent college graduates were packet kids that didn't get a pair of shoes until they were like nine years old. Those kids, same kids. They've just, they've just come through Compassion International. And so all of them graduated, so we need to raise a bunch of money so that we can, we can sponsor four or five more LDP kids, um, primarily in Uganda and, and in Brazil. And then there's some of you, and you just need to sponsor an LDP kid on your own. It's $350 a month. And you can do that, and you need to do that. Maybe you just need to keep driving the car that you're driving for a little while longer so that you can, uh, you can sponsor one of those kids. And, and, and you've heard them call us family because most of those LDP kids don't have moms and dads. And so you heard them call me dad, and, and um, they call Gretchen mom, and they also call Carrie Williams mom and call you brothers and sisters. And, and in fact, um, they're all, they were all college students, so they were all on Facebook. And if you go to Prosy, the girl in the red, if you go to her Facebook page, her name is Prosy Joby because she didn't have family, and so she just took my name as her name, okay? So, so who's the blessed one? I'm telling you, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And then another huge blessing. One of the things that I, that I just always want to point out every year when we do our Compassion Weekends um, <clears throat> is that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the faithfulness of my wife, Gretchen Martin. And she's not here today because she's, um, you know, I shared my cold with her apparently. So she woke up pretty sick this morning. So she's at home. Um, but years ago, I mean, within the first year of our marriage, she just sponsored a kid. She didn't ask me. She just did it. We'd been married less than a year. I you know, I didn't know we were supposed to talk about stuff. So she just said, this is what we're doing. I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, we sponsored a kid. And honestly, the reason that the, the thing that God used to propel thousands of children to be sponsored through our church is the faithfulness of my wife. That we were at this youth conference and she felt like the Holy Spirit was telling her to sponsor a kid. And then, and then the next year at that same youth conference, we sponsored a second one. And so what, our, what Compassion International, my good friend Kevin from Compassion is right here on the front row. He, he's like royalty in Compassion. He's kind of a big deal. And um, he conspired with many people on staff um, to try to surprise me today. But they know that surprises for me are very bad, especially on days when I preach. So what they did is they took a video team and they went to Ecuador and interviewed the second kid that the Martins ever sponsored. And so, again, um, the, the staff showed me this video last week, which was a very good idea on our staff that I could see it before this service ever started, but I want you to see, um, I want you to see, like, what actually happens. We started sponsoring this kid about 12 years ago. He was a little boy when we first started sponsoring him, and now he's graduated, and we lovingly have referred to him his whole life as Comcast, and you will see why right here. Watch this story of Comcast. 
then the second the second year, we're back at the same conference, and she brings a second kid, and I'm, I'm saying, Gretchen, we need $38 a month. We already got one. I don't know if we can do two. And so she just says, well, our cable bill is about $38 a month, isn't it? So we called our second kid Comcast for years, right? So... <laughs> Buenas tardes. Mi nombre es Francisco Vidal Muñoz. Good afternoon. My name is Francisco Vidal Muñoz. My family, we don't have that. We don't have good time, but we, I cannot say that I complain. I started working when I was 14 years old to be able to help my parents. I didn't like the way that we were living, so I support my parents to support the house. That is good. Whoa, that was my life. I'm really thankful for the Compassion Project that they they come to my mom and my mom went and signed me up into the project. That was a miracle from God. I want to finish saying thank you to Jovi and Gretchen. My dream was to know them, but shamelessly that didn't happen. But I love knowing him through the letters. They used to grind me. I cried back. That was amazing when I saw their pictures. It was really special. It was really pretty to know them through the letters. I'm really grateful for the sponsor that I had, for the people that are sponsoring me. I will never thought that someone will help me as they did. Thanks to God, I'm really grateful with them. Thank you. Thank you, Jovi. Thank you, Gretchen. I'm really grateful for all the support that you gave me. I will never forget that you helped me, helped my family, and thanks to God for that. can't think of a better investment of $38 a month that, that Comcast. All right, so I didn't get the, the only thing I missed during those times were fall football, okay? That's the only thing else. And every time I couldn't watch a Georgia game on, because it was on ESPN and we didn't have ESPN, it just reminded me that, you know what, there's a kid in, in El Salvador that's, that needs this. And I had no idea that I would actually get to see the end product. And now he supports his entire family. Look, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. The, the, the thing I hope you grab onto is this, that, that God didn't give you all that you have so that you could have all that you want, but so that others could have everything that they need. And if you'll begin to shift your mindset towards that, you will be the one that gets blessed. You see, here's the thing. Here's how it works in God's economy. Is that you rescue a kid from an ordinary life of poverty you'll end up being the one that gets rescued. They'll teach you more about the way you see this world than you ever could imagine. So the way we're going to respond today is I want you to have the opportunity to sponsor a kid. You go to any of the tables around here and take as long as you need, but you can sponsor a kid. 
Um, we need to raise probably about $50,000 so that we can do our CSP, our child survival program, so they can make it to be three years old, and so we can sponsor a bunch of LDP, Leadership Development Program kids. And then if you, if you already sponsor children, what I would invite you to do is come to the altar and just pray specifically for your kid. That Pray God's blessing specifically for your kid. And the way I'd like to close today is this. I just want to read some scripture over us as a congregation. So if you would just please stand up right where you are. If you'll bow your head and just close your eyes and just hear these words written and inspired by the Holy Spirit. In the book of James, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from this world. And from Matthew 25. And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer to them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. And in 1 John chapter 3. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth.